0: You're listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I hope you're well. Um, Now, in this episode, you join me in the kitchen. It sounds a little bit different, I expect. That's because I'm using a different microphone. I've got a sort of lapel mic, which means that I can use my hands. So I'm not like holding a mic and I can move around. Um, So that's why it might sound a little bit different. And in this episode, um, yeah, I'm in the kitchen and I'm kind of multitasking or killing two birds with one stone, whatever you want to call it. Basically, I am uh, doing two things at the same time. So I'm in the kitchen preparing to make some, some food and I'm also recording a podcast, which you probably noticed since you're you're listening to it. Uh, so that's it. So the reason I'm doing this, the reason I'm doing these two things at the same time is because uh, I'm a little bit busy at the moment. And that explains why you haven't had a podcast in a couple of weeks. Um, it's It's been sort of maybe two, two or three weeks or two and a half weeks since I uploaded the last one. Uh, some of you out there might be wondering... Where I've been and what I've been doing. I do have a few thousand, I don't know exactly how many of you, but uh, 10,000, 20,000, I'm not sure anyway. I've got loads of uh, listeners out there, and some of you I know like to listen very regularly, and uh, you might have been waiting for a new episode to arrive. Uh, well, here it is, and uh, so it's, it's been a little bit of a while. Well, not that long, a couple of weeks since the last one. And uh, I've just been very busy. I've got lots of stuff on my plate at the moment. Not literally. Um, I haven't actually prepared any food yet, but that's just an expression that we use in English. If you say that you're busy or if you have lots of things to do, you can say that you have a lot of things on your plate. Ironically, I will also have a lot of things on my plate later on when I've uh, cooked and then served the dinner that I'm going to prepare right now okay i'm not going to go into all the details of the stuff that i've been doing needless to say it's been work related and stuff like that exam marking you know the usual things uh, which takes up a lot of time um so anyway i'm in the kitchen getting the food ready so what i'm going to do here is just talk to you about what i'm doing so i'm going to go through some of the things i'm doing in the kitchen and i'm going to talk to you about all of those things i'm going to describe it sort of bit by bit. You will be able to hear different noises and sounds in the background uh, while I'm doing all of this. I hope it doesn't get too noisy or distracting. I expect that as I'm sort of putting things away and chopping and you know doing other stuff that you'll probably hear various noises. I hope that doesn't get too distracting for you. Uh, The idea is that sort of the sound effects that you can hear Might help to give you a bit of context and help you imagine what the words mean that I'm using. All right, so, uh, yeah, so what you can try and notice is language that we use to talk about everyday things in the kitchen, ways of cooking, ways of preparing food, uh, ways of kind of doing housework and stuff like that. All right, Um, now what I'm doing at the moment is I'm just kind of cleaning up the kitchen before I start preparing some food. Um, so you're hearing the sounds of me cleaning up the kitchen. And uh, you hear that? What am I doing there? Basically, what I'm doing here is I'm, f- um, I'm filling the dishwasher. I'm, I'm uh, putting things in the dishwasher. So I'm kind of filling the dishwasher. I've, there's already a few plates and glasses and mugs and cutlery uh, in there. So I'm just kind of like trying to squeeze in as much uh, stuff into the dishwasher as I can because let's face it I don't want to have to do any actual washing up myself I'd rather this machine did it all for me so I'm going to try and squeeze as much stuff in there as I can so that uh, it, it, it saves me lots of hassle that's the wonderful thing about a dishwasher of course which we all know how long have dishwashers been around we've had dishwashers for ages now haven't we it's been at least I guess for for most sort of developed countries it's pretty standard to have a dishwasher in your kitchen now um but uh I guess this is the first dishwasher that I've ever had in this flat I mean this I've never had a dishwasher before I moved into this flat I've always done the dishes myself I've always done the washing up uh myself with my hands and I kind of don't mind doing the the washing up really um, i 'd rather not but when i actually when I actually end up doing it uh it's it 's not that bad because there is something kind of satisfying about methodically going through all the the dishes and the the knives and forks and the cups and saucers and everything it's quite it 's quite therapeutic to methodically go through it all and wash it all piece by piece and you know you have your own sort of way of cleaning it and when it's all done you get a sense of satisfaction i'm saying that now but i mean if someone gave me the choice of doing the washing up or just filling the dishwasher then obviously i would go for the dishwasher every single time um right so i'm kind of putting all the putting as much stuff into the dishwasher as i can other stuff is just going into the sink uh because um it's stuff that i have to do by hand So a lot of other things here are going in the sink. Also, the dishwasher is now full, so I can't stick any other stuff in there. Um, Now, yes, I'm going to cook. I'm actually going to cook some food. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, Luke, you're English. What are you going to cook, fish and chips? Uh, No, uh, I'm not. No one actually, people generally don't cook fish and chips at home. I know this is the stereotype food that apparently all English people eat. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. By the way, I've just turned on the tap. That's what you can hear there. That's the tap running. I've just turned on the tap because I'm I'm washing the cutting board, the chopping board. Now the chopping board is like a piece of wood. Might be made of plastic, this one's made of wood. And you just have, that's what you use to chop your vegetables and other stuff. That's the chopping board. So I'm just giving that a bit of a wash so i can use it basically so yeah english people we don't eat fish and chips all the time and uh, we certainly don't cook it at home it's the sort of thing you get from a fish and chip shop you might get a takeaway or maybe on something like a saturday afternoon if you go and see a football match you might get fish and chips on the way home that sort of thing it's certainly not something you do every day not even every week to be honest I never had fish and chips very often when I was living in London, and uh, when I was growing up uh, with my parents and my brother, we used to have fish and chips, I don't know, once a month, once every couple of months, but certainly there are fish and chip shops in most towns, Um, so it's quite common, I mean, why do we eat fish and chips, well, why do we have fish and chips in our culture, I suppose it's because it's an island, isn't it, the UK, or it's, you know, the Britain, Britain? It's an island surrounded by sea it's a lot of fish basically so of course we're gonna eat fish and um, why is it like that though why is it battered why is our fish and chips battered Uh, oh that's a good question the fish you know it's battered you you take the fish it's covered in a sort of a sort of uh, what is batter i'm not sure i know how to make it i guess it's flour and some fat and other ingredients and it covers the fish and then it gets deep fried i'm not even sure how you make batter i suppose it's eggs and flour and some other stuff all mixed up together and uh and then it covers the the fish and then you dump that into hot oil and it boils in the oil well it fries in the oil um and uh and you fry some chips. It's very unhealthy. Everything's fried. I think often with batter, when they make fish and chips in England, they actually put beer into the batter as well to give it taste. It's nice. But yeah, we, we even put beer in our food as if it wasn't enough just to drink beer. We also have to eat our beer as well. Um, anyway, no, I'm not making fish and chips. but what I am making is just a really, really simple recipe. Now, I'm not a great Cook. I'm not brilliant in the kitchen. In fact, I've got lots to learn. To be honest, when it comes to uh, cooking, this is something that I've neglected. Let's say I've neglected my cooking over the years. Um, I really should have focused more time and attention on cooking and recipes and things like that. And so, this is something I need to work on. Especially since I live in France and I'm married to a French girl. And, uh, you know, the French, they love their food and they've got, you know, great sort of uh, food culture. We have a good food culture in the UK as well. But in France, it's something that is really important. And, you know, it's, it's good to have a few recipes up your sleeve. It's, it's important to have a few, you know, good recipes that you can cook. So, yeah, I'm learning. I'm, I'm sort of trying to expand my repertoire. Um, but today I'm going to cook a very simple recipe. And it's one that I learned from my mum. And it's one that she has cooked many times. And uh, I think she likes it because it's so simple. And yet it's really delicious. Right. So basically, it's a sort of, um, I guess it's a like a roasted chicken dish. Um, how does she describe it? She actually gave me the recipe recently. So she she just calls it this is, her vers- this is her name for it. She calls it very easy chicken with lemon and garlic. So it's not particularly adventurous, but uh, I promise you it's absolutely delicious. Um, so essentially it's chicken thighs uh, cooked in the oven with white wine, garlic, lemon, a bit of olive oil, some seasoning. That's uh, basically just salt and pepper. And it's cooked for two to two and a half hours. And the result is really tasty, really tender chicken thighs. And you serve it with veg and you can eat the, the you, you, you sort of uh, cook some lemon and garlic cloves with the chicken. The lemon is there to provide flavour. You can eat the garlic cloves afterwards because they get roasted and the garlic cloves get really soft and, and delicious. So um, very tender very tasty very simple you eat it with some some veg which you can either uh, boil or or steam i like to steam my vegetables because it's just really simple and when you steam veg it, the vegetables tend to uh, they get cooked but they retain a lot of the the flavor and the uh, the sort of nutrition as well so i like to uh, steam my vegetables but you can also cook the vegetables in the the the, the dish with the chicken and you can sort of roast the veg with the chicken and that allows the veg to kind of absorb a lot of the white wine and the juices from the meat and the the, the flavor from the garlic and the lemon. Um, so there's a few different ways that you can do it. Um, so excuse me, what you need to do first is um, get yourself a pack of chicken thighs um, and uh, apparently the chicken thighs, are particularly good because they the meat is is less dry and it's more flavoursome than chicken breast. You know, there's like different parts of the chicken. You've got the chicken breast, basically, which is the sort of white meat on the chicken, and then you've got the chicken legs. And the chicken thighs are the sort of upper part of the chicken legs. The sort of your thighs are the are the upper parts of your legs, from the knees up to the hips those are your thighs so obviously chickens have thighs as well and the meat tends to be um, less dry than the breast um, and, and really flavoursome so you get chicken thighs probably about four or six to serve probably two people and so what I'm going to need here is a, uh, a nice dish for roasting and uh, we have a good dish here somewhere where is it ah oh okay it's in the sink it was used just uh, the other day and I uh, haven't had a chance to wash it yet so I'm gonna have to wash that. Is this going to be noisy for you on the podcast? Possibly as I turn on the tap and give this dish a good wash. We used it just the other day to cook a lasagna. That's right that's how we say lasagna in English. I don't know how you say that in Italian. You probably say it properly but anyway we call it a lasagna. That's right, which is obviously sort of beef um, and pa- uh, beef and pasta and cheese and stuff. Actually, no, it wasn't a lasagna. I've just realised it wasn't lasagna. It was a shepherd's pie, which is actually an English dish. And that is basically sort of minced beef, onions, carrots, garlic. Um, you sort of cook the minced beef with the onions and the, and the carrots and stuff. And you also create mashed potato you just sort of boil or steam some potato and then mash that potato up. You, we like to do a combination of uh, just normal potatoes and uh, sweet potatoes. So you can going to cook some sweet potatoes, some normal potatoes and then you mash them up together and it creates a nice mix. Sweet potatoes have that sort of quite bright orange colour and um, a slightly different flavour so mixing them up together is quite nice. Um, Okay, so so we did use this dish to make that shepherd's pie. Basically, this, with the shepherd's pie, is you, you have the, the beef on the bottom layer with the carrots and the onions and garlic. And, and then you add the mash on the top of that. So you cover all the beef with the mash in the dish. And then you uh, add lots of cheese on top of all of that. And then you stick it in the oven for a while. And it bakes and the cheese melts on the top and uh, um, the, the flavour of the beef kind of uh, uh, goes into the mash a little bit. And, and then you just serve it on a plate with a bit of mustard, maybe a glass of red wine, some salad. Yum, yum, yum. Very nice. Are you getting hungry yet, listeners? Are you getting hungry? Partly my aim here is not only to, to talk to you about cooking and hopefully teach you some language for the kitchen... But also, I just want to give you an appetite. I'd love to be able to make your mouth water and um, sort of give you an appetite in this episode. Maybe that'll happen. I don't know. It's a big uh, ambition because being English, you know, I might not have the most inspiring uh, take on food, but who knows? Um, all right. So the, uh, the dish is now ready um so actually this is quite a challenge for me because I have to talk to you while I am um also attempting to cook which is no mean f- it's, it's not an easy thing because uh you know I'm as I've said I'm not a, an expert in the kitchen by any means anyway so pack of chicken thighs I've got four chicken thighs today um and so I also need two lemons and, a, and at least a head of garlic so all right let's start with the lemons um, actually, I'm going to put the chicken thighs in the in the the dish. We're using a sort of uh, we're using a glass dish today. I say we. I say that because you're you're with me, but it's, obviously it's just me. So I'm using a glass dish. Um, it's the sort of thing TV presenters on cooking shows would say. We're using a we're using a glass dish today. Like, well, no, it's just you, mate, isn't it? Uh, Anyway, I'm using a glass dish today. So I've put my chicken thighs in the dish with a bit of space between them. And now what I'm doing is I'm cutting up a lemon. So I'm using a ceramic knife, which is brilliant. I think it's a Japanese one, Uh, a ceramic knife, which is actually made of ceramic, it's not metal. And it's really good because it stays sharp. We've had it for about a year and it's just been sharp for the whole year with metal knives they just they go blunt so easily and it's difficult to keep your metal knives sharp you know when you're using knives in the kitchen it's really important that they stay sharp because it's easier to 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 cut and prepare food with a sharp knife and it's safer as well if your knife is sharp then it cuts much more cleanly through through things and you're less likely to slip and have an accident so I like using this ceramic knife because it's just so sharp and it stays sharp for for ages and ages it's great so I'm chopping up the the lemon cutting it into like eighths cutting the lemon into eight pieces or eighths so you can cut the lemon in half and then cut the lemon into quarters and I'm cutting it into eighths so that's eight pieces can you say that can you say eighths because uh, eight obviously is the number then eighth is the fraction and then the plural of that is eighths All right, so I've cut it into eighths. What I need to do now is get the garlic All right, so I've bought some garlic today in a little pack of three Went to the supermarket earlier on just to get a few supplies. So I'm going to stick all of the garlic into the dish That's the whole head of garlic um, but I'm going to break it up. Let's see. I'm to break it up. Okay. So I'm just breaking up that head of garlic, removing all of the cloves. We call them cloves, garlic cloves, or cloves of garlic. Not clothes, but cloves. Okay. C-L-O-V-E-S, not C-L-O-T-H-E-S. That's ridiculous. You wouldn't put cloves in, in your cooker, would you? Of course you wouldn't. Um, I don't know though, I've never tried to eat any clothes. Maybe, you know, that old t-shirt that you've got in the back of the cupboard may be really tasty. I doubt it. Anyway, you take the cloves of garlic and uh, just remove some of the, you know, this stuff. Garlic's covered in, what would you call that, sort of leaves, skin, I don't know. Anyway, you just sort of remove all that stuff. Uh, you don't need to remove all of the, what do you call it, the skin. Uh, well, we just peel them. You don't need to peel the, the cloves completely. You can leave some of the outer skin on them, that dry skin. You can leave some of that on, just like maybe a layer of it. Just peel off some of it, but leave the rest. And take all of the cloves of garlic and uh, put, them in the, put them in the dish. Uh, sort of scatter them around the chicken and lemon that you've already put in there. Just keep breaking it off. You don't need to cut up the garlic cloves. As I said, you don't need to remove the skin or peel them too much. You can leave the skin on, it's fine. Because these are gonna roast in the dish with the chicken. The the, the flavor is gonna uh, go into the, the white wine that I'm gonna put in here. And that is all gonna mix up together with the juices of the chicken and the lemon, and it's gonna be absolutely mouthwateringly delicious, trust me. All right, so I've broken up a whole head of garlic, there's loads of garlic in that dish now, and you might think, that sounds like an awful lot of garlic, Luke. Um, are you sure about that? Um, and the answer is yes, I am sure, because as the garlic cooks over such a long period of time, the, 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 the garlic taste or the garlic smell does sort of reduce a bit as you cook it, and you end up with this really nice sort of nutty, Roasted garlic cloves, mmm, delicious. Not too strong, not overpowering with the garlic smell, but just just an, a really good mature flavour of cooked garlic. All right, so chicken legs, uh, chicken chicken thighs, cut up uh, lemon and garlic cloves are now in the um, in the dish. And according to my mum's recipe, what I now have to do is slosh some white wine over everything. Okay. Slosh some white wine over everything. So don't just pour the white wine over it. You have to slosh it over everything. So to slosh is a bit like to, uh, well, pour, first of all, let's explain what pour is. I think you know what that is. Like, you know, you pour a cup of tea, you pour some juice into a glass. Now, but if you slosh some, some white wine, you do it in a more slightly more violent way. So the, the wine splashes around And it covers all the parts of the chicken and everything. So I'm going to do that. I wonder if you can hear this. I'm going to put the microphone a bit close to the the sound of it. Hear that? That's me sloshing some white wine over it. And I, I bought this white wine from the supermarket. And it's a little plastic bottle of white wine for cooking. Okay, it's just simple, dry white wine. Um, is about how much is that 25 centiliters in the bottle and apparently i have to slosh this over the uh, the the, chi- the chicken and everything um, until uh, until the wine is about halfway up the chicken thighs so that the in the end the chicken should be resting in white wine and there's the wine is like about halfway up the thighs I think that's probably enough. There's a little bit left. Um, It's not really drinking wine, this. It's cooking wine. Probably could drink it. It's French dry wine. It's probably not bad, to be honest. Um, But a bit early for drinking the wine, I think. Next is the olive oil. And uh, so what's my mum's recipe? She says, drizzle a good slug of olive oil over the top of the chicken pieces. Drizzle. Okay, so drizzle is a good verb. There are lots of verbs for cooking. We've had chop, chop, you know, chop the onions. Uh, we've had peel the garlic. Uh, we've had slosh white wine all over the chicken. And now we're gonna drizzle some olive oil over the, over the uh, chicken as well. She said drizzle a good slug. So it's just like a good amount, basically. Um, so I'm gonna drizzle some olive oil over these bits of chicken, here we go. Drizzle, drizzle, drizzle. Drizzle, drizzle, drizzle. Oh, that's quite a lot. Never mind. Olive oil's quite good. It's quite good for it. It's tasty. Apparently, it's quite good oil, you know. It's fairly uh, healthy in terms of oil. So, all right, that's that done. Next thing I need to do is season the chicken with some salt. There we go. Season the whole lot with a good bit of salt. And season it again with some pepper. There you go, so season it with salt and pepper. All right? there's quite a lot that I've added there, but this is gonna be cooked for quite a long time, so I think it'll just add to the flavor. Um, okay, now I need to heat up the oven. Just move the, move the kind of, uh, what do you call that? Move the, the, the shelf. I'm just moving the shelf up to the middle of the oven so that this uh, this all gets like properly cooked. Um, And I had to preheat the oven. That means you you heat up the oven before you you start putting stuff in to it. So you preheat the oven and uh, we're gonna be cooking not too hot, um, medium heat, I think, between about 160 and 180 degrees. Between 160 and 180 degrees, there we go. So about 170 degrees turn the oven on there you go you can hear the timer so i need to let that heat up a little bit um oh yes this is going to be good yum 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 I'm, i'm starting to get hungry uh now what i need to cover that uh dish with some tin foil you hear that that's tin foil Call it tin foil. You might call it aluminium foil because it's not made of tin. Of course it's made of aluminium. In America they call that aluminum, but in Britain aluminium. all right? Do so you know what that is? It's like that sort of metal, like a, a metal sheet. and you can just cover the dish with that. Now the reason I'm covering it is so that the moisture stays inside the dish. If it wasn't covered, all that moisture would evaporate and the meat would be less tender, less succulent, and it would be much drier. in effectively, without the cover of the tin foil, or the aluminium foil, then the chicken would just roast and stuff like that. So that wouldn't be good. Oh, I've just realized something. I have just realized that I wanted to stick some potatoes in that dish as well, because we do have some, we should have some spuds here. Where are those potatoes? Ha, there we go. Well, I thought we had some spuds. I'm calling them spuds. It's a British thing. We like to call potatoes spuds sometimes. So I'm gonna chop up these potatoes, these spuds, and then uh, stick them in the dish with the chicken and everything else. I think there's space. All right then. Now, you need to keep your work surfaces clean. That means uh, you have to tidy up as you work, tidy up as you go. Um, I want my chopping board to be free of all this garlic, what is it, I'm calling it garlic skin. You know what I mean? Like the sort of dry, white outer layer of, of the garlic cloves. I just need to get rid of that. Um, oh. a lot of lemon juice there too which is I've got like a slight cut on my finger and it's oh stings stings a little bit all right okay so I'm going to need to chop these potatoes and peel them as well peel them first actually you might be thinking hold on a minute Luke are you washing these ingredients you need to wash everything before you start sticking it in your dish of course Lemon was already washed, but I'm just washing the spuds now, giving them a little little wash there, just rubbing them with my hands under the tap, giving them a bit of a rinse under the water. There you go, just, it's a little bit worrying when you think about the way in which food is produced. There's, they have like industrial farming techniques these days. A lot of food probably is I think they use a lot of pesticides and things, don't they, when they farm potatoes? They use chemicals that sort of prevent the potatoes from getting diseases or prevent uh, pests from eating the the stuff that they're producing. So they they use chemicals to try and protect the food. Um, Pesticides, that's the chemicals. So you do need to give all your stuff a good wash before you eat it. It's a little bit worrying that, probably should be using organic ingredients so that uh, you can be a bit more confident about what you're eating. Now what I'm doing here is, this is my method for peeling potatoes, I just chop the ends off with my knife, just take the ends off and that way I can just peel from end to end a bit more easily. Now where is the uh, potato peeler? where's that potato peeler this is exciting isn't it ladies and gentlemen the dramatic moment where luke can't find the potato peeler where is it now have you listened to luke's english podcast before you might have done hello listeners talking to you directly now have you listened to luke's english podcast before is this the first time you've ever listened could be could be i I expect most of you are sort of long-term listeners um So, anyway, this is a podcast for people who are learning English, and there are lots of things for me to do on this podcast. I I do all sorts of different types of episodes. The main thing is that I'm talking to you in a sort of natural and authentic way. The main aim overall is to help you learn English. And I think it's really important that people do lots of listening in English, in my experience with students that I've met from around the world over the years, I find that people just don't do enough listening. They, For example, they come to language schools in London or whatever, and um, uh, I, I just notice that listening is just something that, that people don't do enough of. And why is that? Why aren't people listening to English enough when they're learning it? Well, it could be because they just don't there's just nothing out there for them to listen to which is obviously not true anymore there are so many things like podcasts on on the internet that you can find Um, and so when i started doing this podcast that was part of the aim i thought i just want to provide people with something that they can listen to which which has been recorded for them you know Um, because you know you can listen to the bbc or you can listen to other stuff that's online but you know it, it's it's going to be much easier and much more accessible if you feel like the person you're listening to is talking to you specifically. On the BBC, they're, they're talking to native speakers of English most of the time, native speakers who live in the UK. But um, that's probably not you. You're probably a learner of English who's not in the UK. You're probably in another country, I would imagine, unless you're floating around in space somehow. Uh, but anyway... That's the point of this, that uh, this is just something that you can listen to in English. It's not sort of too slow and patronising. Uh, I try to speak at a normal speed. And the um, hopefully the cool thing is that it's motivating and enjoyable for you because you know that I'm speaking to you specifically. You as a non-native speaker of English, someone who's uh, hoping to pick up words and just generally tune your ear to the sounds of English and you might not be aware of all of the stuff that's going on in the UK so that's what's going on okay if you're new to the podcast that's what this is and um, every now and then I do this kind of thing I kind of record episodes while I'm doing something else I've done ones in the past where um, I did one when I was driving remember that you might have I don't know if you've ever listened to that one But uh, it's called... What's it called? Hard Driving. That's the name of the episode. That's where I went on a driving mission through the streets of Paris. Um, I had a rental car to deliver back to the garage. And I decided that I would uh, talk to you while I was doing it. (laughs) It was quite sort of exciting. Well, exciting. Quite stressful, really, for me. Because I find driving in Paris to be quite a stressful experience. Um, for various reasons. You can go back and listen to that episode if you want to. It's still there for you. Um, I can't remember the number of that episode. I think it may be. I've got a sneaking suspicion it's episode 164, but don't quote me on that. That might not be the case. Anyway, so that's what's going on. Um, so have you, are you have you learned any words so far? We, we, you may have learnt some verbs for preparing food. Chop, you know, to chop the potatoes, to peel the potatoes, uh, to, uh, drizzle olive oil, to slosh some white wine over the chicken. Um, a few different things. Uh, there may be some other verbs coming up soon. What else? You have to roast the, uh, chicken in the oven, preheat the oven. There's another one. Um, now, I'm just removing the skin from this last spud, this last potato here, chopping it up into pieces, squeezing it in here into the into the uh, dish. I'm starting to run out of space in this dish. I think we're nearly done. You can hear maybe the tick- tock, tick- tock of the oven behind me. That's the timer of the oven there. Oh, that is it's already looking good. It's all seasoned. I think I might just add a little bit more salt and pepper for the uh, for the potatoes, just a little bit, avoiding the chicken because they're the pieces of chicken are already seasoned. Okay then. Right, so I think that's going to go in the oven now. This should be warm. Yeah, that's nice and warm, yeah. Good. Okay. Is there enough wine? Is there enough wine? There should always be more wine. I'm going to add a little bit more wine since... Uh, since there are now more potatoes and things in there. Okay, because they're going to absorb that wine. Stick the uh, tin foil back on top and Bob's your uncle. All right, we're just going to slide that onto the shelf in the oven. In it goes. I need to time that because I need to, apparently, according to the recipe, I need to leave that in the oven for about an hour or an hour and a half. Seems like a long time, but according to my mum, who I have to say is a very good cook, of course I would say that because she's my mum and everything, but it's true, I'm not the only person to say that, she is a good cook, and her recipes are just really simple and they work. You should try this recipe everyone, I suggest you try it. Um, So an hour and a half, she says that you you can't really overcook chicken as long as you keep it moist, so moist means not exactly wet, but just uh, not dry, you know, a little bit moist, like a little bit wet. So if you keep it moist with all that white wine and the, the tin foil over the top, uh, an hour and a half should be fine. And apparently I need to check it every now and then to make sure that the liquid is not dried up. If it looks as though the liquid is going to dry up, then I just reduce the heat. So every now and then I'll have a little look at it, check it out and make sure it's not getting too dry um then after an hour to an hour and a half i take the foil off so remove the foil and then cook it for for another half an hour in order to brown the top of the chicken thighs and the potatoes in this case to brown there's another verb for you to brown the chicken meaning to make the chicken go brown okay uh and uh, apparently i can serve this with whatever i like some green veg And even baked potatoes works very well, for example. Well, we've got some potatoes which I'm going to roast in the oven. I'm going to set the timer for an hour and 15 minutes, I think. So I'm just setting the timer. That's one hour and 15 minutes. Start. Okay. Now, I expect that um, in an hour and 15 minutes, I will have stopped talking to you. Um, So you can just use your imagination... To uh, sort of predict how delicious this is going to be, all right, so that's that basically job done almost almost I just need to check up on it in a little bit, but we're, we're you know that's most of the the most of the work done really, so simple, isn't it? It really is uh, now, green veg that's the next thing actually. I do need to get some green veg ready. And I've bought some green beans from the supermarket. Again, nothing too fancy. You know, this is not uh, like Cordon cordon Bleu cooking or uh, whatever you call it. This is pretty simple stuff. But um, I like to keep it simple. No need to do anything too fancy and too over the top. So I've just got some green beans. And I think what I'm going to do is um, just give them a wash. And then uh, chop the ends off the beans and then steam them and they'll be nice and uh, nice and good. I'm not going to steam them too much uh, because the good thing about for me, I I like my beans to be cooked uh, so that they're crunchy, a little bit crunchy, not too much. I think it's possible to overcook green beans and they become soft, but I like my green beans to taste a little fresh. And I like them to have a bit of a crunch when you eat them. So um, I'm just sort of—I don't think I'm going to cook all of the beans I've bought. You know what green beans are, don't you? They're like long, green. If you open them, they're full of peas, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Not baked beans. No, these are green beans, so they—they they are like runner beans. Sometimes we call them. Um, they're sort of long and thin. And you can split them open down the middle and they're full of peas. Um, And so that's what I'm cooking here. So I've just got a handful of green beans and I'm going to give them a wash and then I'll just chop the ends off and then they'll be ready to be steamed in a little bit, maybe in about an hour and a half. Um, All right, how are you doing, ladies and gents? Are you keeping up with this? Are Are you managing to stay conscious? I don't know if this is the most dramatic or exciting episode of Luke's English Podcast that you've ever heard. But, um, you know, just because of the time available to me today, this is what you're getting. All right. I'm not going to chop them yet. I need to wash them. All right, then. Okay. So I wonder wonder what else I can talk to you about. Um, So I I guess if I upload this one soon, I guess this will be... uh, I don't know, I guess the previous episode will be the one in which um, I talked about the photo competition, right? I think that's the the latest episode. And so I should probably just say a few things about the photo competition. So if you've listened to the previous episode, you'll know that I collected all photos that you sent to me. And I've published them on the website. And so lots of my listeners are now going onto the website and uh, checking out the photos, there's, there's like a slideshow of, of all the photos and you can see them all. And you can vote for your favourites. So that's been going on for a couple of weeks. And that's really cool because, um, well, it's just amazing to see everybody. It's just really nice to see all the photos of my listeners. And uh, also, it's just really good to see all the comments that people are leaving. Because people are being very enthusiastic and very positive. And it's true, there are some really cool and funny and interesting photographs there. Um, So do go and check it out if you haven't done that already. Um, You can just go and see all the photos and just leave your comments and vote for your favourites. Go to the previous episode of this podcast and check out the page for it. That's where all the photos are. And if you listen to the episode, you'll also hear me... Explaining and teaching some language that we use to describe photographs So if you want to just talk about some of the things you can see then there's some language there that you can use, too Um, So check that out. That's great. That's going to be Let's see 5th of March is when that competition closes in terms of the voting Um, So by the 5th of March all the voting will be done and then we can count Uh, the votes and see who's the winner and the winner will get a mug um, and uh, at least a mug uh, also a t-shirt or a bag with the Luke's English podcast logo on um, which um, is quite nice that's quite nice isn't it you can enjoy a cup of tea or coffee with the mug you can I don't know go to the gym in the t-shirt or just you know whatever you want really Um, anyway the main reason for doing the, the competition was really just to give everyone a chance to share their pictures of each other and stuff and so that's working nicely my mum and dad saw all of the photos I told them about the competition and uh, sent them the link and they absolutely loved them they, they thought they were really sweet and really they thought it was really kind of touching in a way to see all of the listeners that I have around the world and just to get a flavor of the sort of community of people I have listening to this podcast um so yeah it's true it's really really nice and so you should go and have a look at them if you haven't done so already it's it's quite a heartening sight, so what else what else what else um, long pause this is a long pause where i 'm thinking about what to say next i think I think this might be it, ladies and gents. I think this is probably it. I need some sort of dramatic ending to this this episode to just sort of uh You know, to bring it to a close, don't you think? Um, Maybe what I can do is sort of after I've cooked all of this and I've eaten the food with my wife. Maybe I'll just give you a little review of what the food was like. Oh, I know. Some people are saying, "Hey, where's your? Why don't you have your wife on the podcast?" Um, And uh, so some people are curious about meeting my wife. I might have her on the podcast at some point. Maybe. the reason that I haven't had her on the podcast before is just because, I don't know, I'm just trying to keep, to an extent, I'm trying to keep certain personal things um, off the internet, you know? You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily want to share absolutely everything in my life online. Um, I mean, I do, I'm quite open with my listeners. I think that's a way to just sort of um, build a relationship with you, which hopefully will will make it more enjoyable for you to listen to the podcast, uh, which then ultimately will translate into good language learning. Um, but uh, some things I just want to keep private, really. Uh, now, my wife's English is like really good, um, so it's nothing to do with that. Uh, it's more just, I don't know, just sort of feel like I want to protect her, really. She's got, like, her job and... Uh, and all those sorts of things, and I I don't necessarily want to expose her to the internet in such a personal way, but saying that, saying that one day, whoops, just dropped something, one day, we might be sitting around together, and I might say to her, come on, let's do a podcast, and uh, we might do it, and then you'd be able to meet her and listen to her speak, and uh, she can tell you how bad I am at cooking and that sort of thing. Maybe one day. Um, Right, so, oh, that was loud. Right, so all of the green beans have been chopped and cleaned and they're now sitting in a steamer. You know those like Chinese steamers? I think it's Chinese, it might be Japanese, not sure. Anyway, they're like bamboo steamers, sort of wooden, it's a wooden thing. Um, We've got a few of these steamers and I use them a lot just a very simple way of heating up and cooking the food and uh, so they're all sitting in the steamer and later on I will uh, put them on top of uh, a pan of boiling water and give them a good dose of steam and get them all cooked up and then it'll be dinner time and that's that so we've got probably about about an hour or so before that happens Uh, so there we go all right now what's coming up in the future Luke's English Podcast? Well, loads of things. When I get the time, when the time is available to me again, I will be recording uh, more stuff for you. Um, And I've got lots of ideas up my sleeve. I've got ideas for interviews with people. Uh, I'm going to contact more people and interview them, including, for example, um, I'm going to contact... uh, several sort of polyglots that I've uh, started following on the internet. You know what a polyglot is? That's someone who can speak lots of different languages. And there are certain sort of people online who are kind of making a career for themselves as polyglots that they are so good at learning many languages that they've kind of really got it down to a fine art. And they've got all their strategies and techniques and tips and things. So I'm planning to contact some of these guys in order to have Skype interviews with them, uh, which I can then sort of publish on the podcast, and hopefully they will be able to share some of their techniques and tips and things to, you know, spread the knowledge so that you, my listeners, can like, you know, pick up a few good habits and things to help your English learning. So hopefully there will be some polyglot interviews coming up. I probably shouldn't be telling you. I probably shouldn't say what's going to happen, because in the past, I've done that. I've said, I'm going to do this, I'm planning to do that. I've said that kind of thing in the past, and then for one reason or another, they haven't happened. So I can't make any promises on the podcast. All I can say is that I do have loads of ideas up my sleeve, which I'm planning to to turn into podcasts at some point, and lots of other things. All right, I've said that kind of thing plenty of times before on Luke's English podcast, as I'm sure you will agree. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Um, so my multitasking has finished, my cooking uh, session is almost finished. And you know what, now I have to get back to all my exam markings, because I've got a big pile of exam papers there sitting on the table, and they haven't been marked, and that's my job, so it's time to get back down to that thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast don't forget to go to my website where you can find all sorts of other stuff you can find the archive of all the previous episodes of this podcast um, and you know if you if you've been sitting there waiting for new episodes to arrive why not go back into the back catalog there's loads of stuff there there's loads of uh, uh, there's a very diverse range of episodes there. Have a look at the archive and just go back and check some of them out. There's like over 320 episodes for you to have a look at. Um, Have a look at that. Don't forget my other podcast series, which is called A Phrasal Verb A Day. And in that series, uh, you can learn loads of phrasal verbs. These are those verb phrases that are particularly tricky and particularly sort of English, really uniquely English phrases, like, for example, to chop something up. Not just to chop something, but to chop something up. What's the difference? Chop something could be just sort of once, chop it once, like chop a potato, maybe in half. But if you chop a potato up, it means you completely chop it into many pieces. All right, so it's a subtle difference between chop and chop up. Uh, There are loads of other phrasal verbs, thousands of them in English, and um, they pose a a big challenge for learners because uh, they're so complicated and often they're idiomatic and uh, most languages don't have equivalents for phrasal verbs so they're kind of a very significant part of the language that you have to learn and I've been doing over the last couple of years uh, this other side project called a phrasal verb a day and uh, they are short episodes there's about 130 of them now the overall plan is to do 365, so that you can learn a phrasal verb every day for a year. Um, I've only done 130, only 130, um, but each episode is just a few minutes long, and each episode is devoted to a single phrasal verb. And I explain it, give you examples, have a bit of fun, fool around a bit, and stuff like that. You can find a phrasal verb a day uh, on iTunes. You can find it on Audio Boom, my audio host. Uh, Or you can just go to teacherloop.co.uk and click a phrasal verb a day in the menu. All right. Um, And not to mention loads of other stuff on the website. I just suggest you go and have a look and just, you know, look around the site and you'll see some videos and some blog posts and other bits and pieces for you to have a look at. All right. Good. Okay, then, I'm going to sit down and carry on with my marking. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of the podcast. I hope you picked up some words from the kitchen in this episode, and uh, I will try to remember to let you know how the food was after I've eaten it. Yum, yum, yum. Okay, uh, all that remains for me to say now is the usual goodbye, and here it is. Goodbye, bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.